Good afternoon, good morning, and good evening to where you are listening, and welcome to the very first payroll podcast by Oakleaf Partnership. Um, my name is uh, Sam Field, and I head up the permanent payroll recruitment here at Oakleaf Partnership. And for the very first podcast that we have, I have invited someone who I found quite inspirational um, many, many weeks ago on, uh, on, a, on a briefing call, uh, talking about how they grow and develop the team internally. I think it's a very, it's a very, very uh, poignant topic uh, at the moment we can all, um, we can, you know, we can all agree on. So I have with me Maria Mason. Maria, welcome. How are you? Hi, Sam. I'm absolutely fantastic. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me along. I'm very excited. I'm the first. I always love that. So there you go. Yeah, thank you. Oh, we'll get you a plaque done afterwards as well for that. So, <laughs> um, and, and, and just before we go, the, the, the big, the real reason I wanted to set this podcast up was to give the payroll space a voice of the challenges that you guys are facing. And speaking to a number of you, a number of you got a lot of a lot of value to add each other. And I think this is one of the real big, I want to give you guys a, a voice and a platform. So Maria is the first to take on the mantle. So we're going to start with a little introduction into Maria. So Maria, fire away. Okay. Um, payroll, I'm very, very passionate. Anyone who knows me will know I'm very passionate about payroll. Um, I started around sort of 30 years ago, though I look very young. I'm very haggard inside, I'm sure. But I started about 30 years ago working for one of the largest sort of IT consulting payroll businesses um, and joined as a payroll processor because back in those days, you know, there certainly was no electronic payslips. Actually, there were very few payroll systems. People generally use mainframes, so they used um, payroll processors who had their mainframes. And so the clients were responsible for making changes into the front end system. And then it was myself and my team that were responsible for producing um, the payslips and the reporting. Um, so lots and lots of reams of paper in them days, packing them up on late shift in the evening to get them across. And even back to having sort of pay slips that, you know, went off to Securicore for them to actually put cash in. So that's how long ago it was. Um, so very, very different um, to the business it is today. Um, but I was very fortunate back in that time to work for a business that very much sort of rewarded hard work. And I didn't have the normal sort of barriers that I think a lot of businesses have. They didn't care about age, experience. It was about what you delivered. Um, so I learned very quickly. I was very, very ambitious there and saw all the people, the, the more senior people driving the very nice cars and realized that was where I wanted to um, So new, but if I wanted to run a business, I wanted to understand it all. So during that, I was there for sort of over 13 years, but done everything from sort of a payroll processor, team leader, implementation consultant, account manager, payroll manager looking after sort of 50 staff, processing nearly a million pay slips a month, um, sales consultant, and then international sales. So I've done such a wealth of um, roles whilst I was there. So I left after that, um, it continued to grow. But for me, I wanted to know if those skills were transferable. So I went to a much smaller business and sort of since then, I've probably grown three sort of payroll bureaus um, to be in very sort of 
large and substantial in the industry and then moved to BDO about sort of coming on just sort of four and a half, five years ago um, and joined there because I felt that the accountancy businesses really were struggling in delivering great payroll and I saw that as a great opportunity at being being able to change that and change the perception and actually change how the industry looked at payroll and for it to be much more significant. So moved to BDO um, as the sort of director of payroll at that point. Um, and since I've joined, we've sort of doubled the size business that we are um, and was very sort of pleased to say that um, last year was awarded a partnership. So it was the first sort of payroll specialist non-accountant in the sort of top 25 accountancy firms. So for me, that was a massive change because mm. that said that payroll was recognised and yeah. it was seen as a, as a relevant stream and it was seen as a service that actually needed to have its own positioning within the business. So that, that was great. So for me, quite a diverse career, but always within payroll bureaus delivering large volume of payroll to many different people. Yeah, that's that's an uh, you know that's an amazing background, amazing story. And you know, I, having spoken to you previously, I know the you know the journey you've been on. And I suppose you know to kickstart the the topic of today, which is how to develop and train uh, your teams internally. You know, which Maria is you know proven track record of, and you know is incredibly proud of this. But the one question I want to start with is how do you get into payroll? Because you know, speaking to so many people, it's not one of those ones that the career advisor normally gives you the uh, it's normally not top of the list. Um, same with recruitment, really. So how did your journey or how did you get into payroll, Maria? I think I got into payroll the same way most people. It's very rare, although I'm really, really delighted to see that certainly some of the people within my team have actually chosen it as a profession and see it as a very sort of serious profession. So things are changing. But back in the day, if you'd have spoken to anyone who's been around as long as myself, they'll tell you they fell into it. So I joined um, my first company in payroll. Really, they didn't want payroll experience. They didn't want that. You weren't, it wasn't there because you were just processing through a mainframe. They wanted to train you in payroll and how it was rather than you expecting to run a payroll from start to finish. Mm. So went there because I had a background in sort of customer service, that kind of thing. And so sort of fell into it. It was a very large business. So it was a fantastic business to work for. So for me, it was more the attraction of the business and the sort of career opportunities rather than payroll. Because as you say, no career advisor was saying, oh, get into payroll. They'd say get into accounting because payroll was a sideline to yeah. that. But it was, it, you know, you didn't hear that. But I'm delighted, as I said, there's a couple of my managers in the team that literally started um, at payroll. They decided they were doing sort of admin jobs somewhere else and actually wanted to get to know it. So put themselves through the PTC and things like that, which I think is amazing. And it just shows how the profile of payroll has definitely changed over the years, because I think people are now actively choosing rather than back in the day where it was, you fell into it, you were given it when somebody else yeah. went sick, etc. I think we're seeing more people seeing it as a profession. And I think, I, I hate to say that any bad, I, I hate to use any sort of thing like COVID as being, you know, a positive, but I think it's really important that at any sort of points in 
in life where things are difficult that you try and take the positive. And I think that was a great thing for payroll people because it did raise the profile and show this wasn't a button pushing job. Mm. This is a serious um, expertise that's required to enable you to be able to action payroll. And I think the more recent years have tested payroll people beyond, you know, with not only furlough schemes, uh, COVID-19, but, you know, even going back four years ago, you know, RT, well, it's more than four, it's like six odd years ago now, sort of RTI, the changes in pension that really have pushed a lot of pension responsibility back onto payroll providers. So, you know, th there's been constant change that's actually elevated what that job is, and it's no longer seen as an admin button pushing job anymore. So that's great for me because that shows people are now getting recognized for the hard work that they do in this area yeah and i think i think we've all been guilty of maybe thinking that payroll is a a, a button pushing exercise right I, I i you know i hold my hands up and you know and, and say the yeah. same thing and, and a lot of people say that i think and i think the the pandemic has highlighted the importance of payroll um okay. and you know and, and getting a seat at the table i think is something that i'm hearing that a phrase that's being used so much right and i think that is so so important um yeah. and even even from speaking to someone recently someone said to me i don't think it's going to be long until you find someone uh, on the c suite that is like a cpo like a chief payroll officer i think that's where payroll is going to go yeah. to right and when that when that day comes i'm going to be excited for you guys but i think that's going to be a massive thing for you know for, for the industry so i'm excited for that day to come one thi I think we're not far away, Sam, because as I said, if you'd have said even a year ago, would somebody that wasn't a trained, if you look around sort of the county wells, most people that sit looking after payroll are tax accountants, employment mm. tax specialists. It is exceedingly rare. And I know that from myself um, that, you know, I've had to work exceedingly hard to, you know, prove that actually payroll can be profitable, can be a great business opener, actually is fundamental. Because let's face it, no one ever really thinks about getting paid until it's not correct. Then yep. everyone wants to know about payroll. Correct. But until then, you just expect. So, you know, the one time you'll remember about payroll is the time that it might have gone wrong. But no one takes into consideration. They're expecting on payday to receive their pay into their account and have... And, it has always been so well delivered and payroll people work exceedingly hard to deliver that payroll mm. it is just it's going to happen whereas actually if it went wrong a lot more often a lot more people would probably give it much more credit um, than they do but because it works exceptionally hard because you know the payroll people can't push back on deadlines so they're the ones that will sit there till early hours to make sure things happen yeah and so yeah i think so I think it has changed. So, you know, when I when I got my partnership last year, that for me was a massive thing. And for my team to actually recognise that now there is a complete career path for them right up the partnership. And that wasn't something that was even in the equation a year ago and certainly wasn't five years ago. So I think from that perspective, there's a massive change that's occurring. Yeah, massively. Uh, and, and even I think, you know, uh, a lot of people have, uh, have been talking to me about payroll being its own entity away from HR and finance. And I think that, again, that's, you know, the day that that happens, you know, I think that would be a really interesting time for the payroll space. Uh, yeah. And the only way that's achievable and the only way you're going to get that CPO is by it having been its own function, right? And, you yeah. know, I think the day that comes, 
um, is is going to be the day you know that you get payroll gets a seat at the table, which is so important. And something that I, you know, the first question I'll ask you about the internal the internal training development that you're, you know, a massive advocate of and, and a forefront of at BDO. How how have you gone about first of all starting this model where you train from the bottom up, bottom up? But how have you gone about upskilling the team that were already there internally? Um, I think for me, because of how I was introduced to payroll, I was, you know, I know how dedicated, committed and hardworking I was because, you know, I was recognised and rewarded um, for that hard work. And so I always sort of made a pack back in that day that, you know, if I was ever in a position where I was in control of those areas, I would do the same for my team. So for me, I think it was about given individuals sort of a vast number of opportunities for career development. That was always my ultimate, was being able for people to see that payroll isn't just about processing the payroll. There are a multitude of elements that go around that, from making payments, from, you know, interfacing with different systems. There's so much that goes on with that payroll journey and about capturing that data that's relevant for payroll. So for me, it was about, you know, actually i want to be able to look and develop the team and the people that i worked with to actually let them see all of those different elements and to give them the opportunity to see that there was a career within payroll um and so then and it had to be tangible because mm. you won't get people bought in lots of people will say oh we'll do this and we'll, you know we'll get you qualified we'll do this and then things don't happen and that's quite often where we see people moving around and um, so for me it was actually giving somebody a structure that actually they could see that tangible um, career and so what we did was we very much looked at the structure of the business what did we need what what gave people the most diverse elements in there and then we built sort of training programs to me it was about giving people that development qualifications and actually giving them that career step so to do that we needed the structure of the team but we also needed a, a training structure and a qualification structure so what we did, um, I worked very much with the learning and development team here. And obviously we have, we're an accounting firm, so we have a very strong graduate and training program um, for accountants. And what I wanted to do was mirror that for payroll. So it was about, you know, what is it that we expect during the journey of an individual? So, you know, getting the sort of initial qualifications that give them the sort of general experience right through to sort of foundation degrees, enabling them to become managers. So I wanted to build that very much in line with what the business did because I knew I'd get that buying mm. um, et cetera, and that it would fit very nice with the entire sort of business structure. So we put that in there. So I worked with people like the CIPP, the payroll centre in dealing with, you know, the professional bodies that people know and recognise um, about building those training modules, you know, what did we think was a sensible stepping stone for people there. So when people joined, that very much enabled us to go, right, you know, after after probation, we expect you to go for the PTC. Once that's completed, once you've got to this grade, we would then expect you to be looking at the foundation degree and, and having that budget to do that. So people naturally just went along that sort of route. We then use things like um, the ACT assessment tool. And what I wanted to do was 
sort of show the team that we really were investing in their future. And it wasn't just about keep processing payrolls and making us money. It was actually about this is their career and this is, you know, the importance that, you know, BDO placed on that. So we worked with ACT and we used the assessment tool. So everyone in the team um, is assessed on a regular basis. And what that enables us to do is to be able to look for anyone who hasn't used the assessment tool looks at the modules for each element of payroll from core orders right through to maternity and just gives them you know a number of questions and what that does is then determine where somebody is on that spectrum in that area so what that enables us to do is produce very set sort of development plans for an individual because we have everything from people coming in with no experience right through to actually um, maybe not more experience. So for us, it was about actually finding something that accommodated that and building that structure. So we put a training manager in, I've got trainers in each of the locations. So it, this was a serious investment in changing how we worked and actually proving to those staff that we're an employer that actually recognises payroll. So for me, that was fundamental about doing that. So we use a lot of bodies, but obviously we use a lot of people internally because mm. there's a lot of skills that they might not have. So I spend a lot of time with the team on sort of business development, technical development and elements like that. And obviously we utilise the vast expertise around the business for that as well. And, you know, you've, you've had a lot of internal support and external support, which is amazing. Did you have many challenges out the gate internally in terms of showing the value in doing this? Because it's a it's a big commitment to to go through this process, right? Yeah, I don't believe just because of where I work that that gives me a ticket to an abundance of money. <laughs> no, no, business cases have to be drawn and you have to be able to prove. But I think um, from my perspective, I think that... I think if you're able to prove and, you know, for us, payroll is really important and the consequence and the consequence of something going wrong is huge, not only in time, but actually what, you know, the repair work and what you do to recover from that. And so for me, every sort of business decision I tend to make is risk um, first. So I will always look at the risk. And so for me, that's a much easier business case to have when I was looking to, you know, put these things in place was, you know, the more qualified and the more experienced and the higher level of expertise our individuals have, actually that risk decreases mm. dramatically. Mm. And so the more that we use technology, the more that we um, encouraged our team to be utilising technology rather than sort of key in and things like that actually enabled us to reduce that risk etc so very much for me it was about utilizing the risk element with payroll to actually get to that end result but I think from my perspective when you look at the results and what you get by investing in your people and I think actually it, it's a completely different story and I think yeah that for me there, there were I don't want anyone to <laughs> Certainly don't want anyone to think that it was an easy task. There was a lot of proving in what we did um, and came with a very different approach about actually taking. So one of my big ethos, which was very different to a lot of the other businesses, is actually taking people at ground level. So I would say 99% of my managers are homegrown. They were people that started as payroll associates. 
um, we very much look to develop our people to go into those senior positions. Um, and so that was a very different sort of approach um, to how the business worked. But what I wanted to do was prove that actually, if we done that, we would have a much higher retention rate, that people would be a lot happier. And actually, we know what the risks are when we're dealing with people that we work with. Um, so for me, it was about dealing with that differently. So once I was able to prove that in the business, that that approach worked, I had a lot more um, support in looking at the qualifications and all the other things that surrounded that. Yeah, I think yeah. one of the big points you've just raised that a lot of people will listen to and, and, and probably take a lot of note of is that a lot of your, you know, your senior managers have gone through this, right? And you just mentioned that. And, you know, yeah. I've, been, I've been on job briefings and I've, mentioned, I've met those guys. And the fact that they're a part of the processes, you know, when meeting, you know, potential new new hires, and the fact that they can talk about the process they've been through is is a real um, it's a real talking point for you guys. But it's also it's that rubber stamp of approval in many ways. Of it actually works if you if you go with the process and you trust the process, you will reap the rewards and. You know, you guys have shown that, and and that probably leads quite nicely onto you know my next point is, it's amazing what, what how you've gone through it and the steps you've gone through. But what are the biggest challenges you've had internally with with people or maybe already in the business who weren't you know not everyone's a great advocate of change, right? I think we can all mm -hmm. we can all agree with that. So what are the biggest challenges you've had when you've there's been a team established already? How have you overcome that? Um, I think the first one is to sort of understand what, what business you have and to understand what you want it to be, whether it's an in-house payroll, an outsourcing, you're a, it's irrelevant. You know, payroll teams are payroll teams and they require a, a certain skill set. So it's about understanding what is it that you currently have and what do you need to accommodate, you know, what you deliver going forward. That for me was probably the hardest thing to understand is, well, hang on, what 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 do we want to achieve? What will that look like as a structure? Because once you understand the structure of what you need, you can then start building those people and that skill set to go into those. So you don't then need to look outside. So it takes a bit of time in the beginning to understand what is it, the business model that you want to be to enable you to start then deciding where there are gaps in that. So I think that that took some time to understand, you know, what did we want it to look like? And I think that was probably a bit harder for some of my team because they hadn't necessarily worked externally in other bureaus, etc. A number of people had worked here and worked here for a long period of time. Um, a lot of people have maybe come where there wasn't that structure. It was a much smaller business. Mm. So to sort of make those people understand the people making those decisions, you know, how did that look? And for me, I'm very much, it is always a team decision. You know, we have a management team. It's about everyone contributing to change because then they tend to be more bought in. If you just introduce it and say, that's what I want to happen not going to happen so i think that was the hardest thing and then it's actually taking time out um, and what i mean by that is payroll is so fast-paced it, it happens every period but it's happening consistent whether it's weekly um, monthly it's happening all the time but there's very little downtime for payroll people you don't you don't have a lot of time to you know think oh let's do some change and happen there so what you find is something more critical comes up that then gets pushed aside so I think the biggest thing for me was actually taking key people out 
who give them the time to focus um, and actually putting that training program in place and actually taking a trainer and convincing the business, you know, actually I've got somebody who's chargeable who's earning us, you know, money, but actually I don't want them to do that. I want them to be the person that makes sure that everyone has a relevant training. And actually if they're trained to a much higher standard, they can produce more, which means that actually the numbers improve all around. So, that took a bit of time to do that. But as I said, I think the biggest thing for anyone in payroll, when you're making any form of change, whether that's from structurally, from training programs, things like that, the one thing I would say to everyone is take that time. It is the most valuable um, investment that you will make. And so, you know, it might cost you a bit of pain in month one, but actually when you've addressed it, in month two, three, four, and five, you'll save that time. So for me, it was about actually sort of putting that in there and taking time out and people to actually look at what we did and actually building that structure in place. Yeah, and a, a point you just made is it's an investment in people. You, yeah. you invest in people, it pay, pays forward. Uh, I think the investment in people is something that is potentially not always seen as, I think people want to see it, like you say, the first month, right? They want to see, but I think for to to have that value added, I think it's over a period of time, and that investment pays pays forward and pays backwards, and they become the ambassadors for your function. Um, yeah, it, it, in many ways, right? They become they are they are the the guys that you know at the coalface, right? They're the guys mm -hmm. who live and breathe in you know the payroll space, and the investment in people is something that. You know, sh you know, should happen more. Um, and you know, uh, leading on to what you've just said, what rewards have you seen from this model of how you go about developing and training your teams? I, I think, from my perspective, it, it's enormous, and that's why I say I totally agree with you. I think it's very hard for people to give that time, that investment, etc. But actually, the rewards you might not see them immediately, but they definitely come. So, what over ninety percent of our staff now hold a recognised payroll qualification. Are, there's no doubt about it. The retention in staff has really improved greatly. Um, and then there's the other side from us is the client satisfaction. You know, we give every one of our clients a dedicated person. So if you've got lots of movement, that impacts your client base. You know, they want to have that relationship with their payroll person. And so from that perspective, that for me was really important. So client satisfaction improved. I think the skill set and the expertise we can see, you know, people are, we're running payrolls that are 10 times larger than we've ever run before with the people that were in the business when we didn't have those clients. Mm. So we can see that their skill sets, et cetera, have dramatically um, improved, which is great. And I think we were able to be much more agile in how we looked at running our business. So when we took on a very large client, um, it was much easier to go, right, well, actually, we're going to take a key person from each location, put them into that team, they're now going to run that client. And so we were able to be much more agile because we had a lot more expertise to be agile with. Mm. And so if we hadn't have gone through all that sort of the training, the process and all of those things, we wouldn't have had necessarily that skill set. So it was back to the drawing board, recruiting from externally. And, you know, it, that all takes time and actually doesn't impact. But I think 
I think the most important, I think, and really relevant now, is we don't really take part in this salary battle that is definitely going on at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. We very much look to encourage people to come to us that are looking for that career in payroll, that investment, looking to work with an employer that actually sees them for what they are and, and will invest um, in their future. And they're the kind of people that we're looking for. So we're not seeing the same kind of level of movement and don't feel that we're fighting. We haven't changed our sort of, you know, salary grade. And I know when I spoke to yourself, Sam, you know, a couple of months ago, you know, for me, that's something that's really important and is really valuable now where I can see what's going on out there. And obviously I've been in the industry a long time, so know a lot of people and know how difficult they're finding it. Whereas actually we, we're not finding that because people want to work with us because of what we do. And as you said, when they're interviewed, they're meeting people like myself, but they also mm. meet the team that have gone through that process that are sitting there looking after teams of people or locations and things like that, or very large clients that have gone through the steps they're going through. And I've actually done it quite rapidly yes. um, in the sense yes. of the normal payroll development world. You know, we've got managers that, you know, one of my managers started about three, three odd years ago, um, English was her second language, you know, had done a bit of sort of time card recording, but not really payroll, and now runs one of our largest and fastest growing teams and has a team of, you know, six people working um, with her. And so I look at that and that's happened in a year and there's been promoted, I think, literally probably two to three times a year. Because for me, that's something that was really important. I don't care about time served, don't care about um, your expertise. We look, what you deliver to the business will determine what your role is within the business. So for me, people within the team and the managers they meet are able to express that. And I think that has helped dramatically in what is a really difficult time for recruitment now if you're looking for great people. Yeah, welcome to my world, Maria, and the... Uh... <laughs> The the ever growing, uh, you know, it's that's a great story that you you touch on there, you know, and also something I really liked about what you just said there is that it's not done on a time scale. I think people always yeah. have a time, uh, have a uh, an opinion that oh, you know, I've got to I've got to achieve this by a certain time. You know, I think it's about setting yourself realistic targets, what's achievable. Yeah. But I think also that's the support that you give people, right? Is to is to say, look, this is what's achievable. Yeah. But I think like anything, and it's what you put into it is what you know, what you get out of it. And I think, you know, that individual you spoke about sounds like someone who really, you know, took the opportunity by both hands and, you know, is, is a product of your, the processes you do in terms of internal training, but also the support you give people. And I think that's, that you know, that's a, that's a massive point, uh, the support piece. But, you know, going back to your point on the salary fight, as you so nicely put it, um, I think that's a real, I think that's a, a real epidemic within yeah. the the payroll space i think it's it's become a little of a sa uh, you know salary battle and it's a, it's a you know i'm having these conversations you know on a daily basis and you know i think sometimes these conversations can be tough but i think the fact that people all know these conversations are you know are, are very prominent and it's it's happening on you know on a regular basis it's something that we can all deal with something we can all work work together on and going from an epidemic to a pandemic how have you i know that's the, what a change in the conversation uh got cold shivers but in regards to the pandemic how have you continued to train and on board 
and provide the same level of training as you have done, you know, pre-pandemic? I think there was no doubt we saw very quickly that, you know, not being in the office um, meant that sort of individuals were not surrounded by their peers. So the normal sort of, you know, picking up, hearing things that generally has so much to do with um, how people develop um, was certainly more difficult. But we addressed that. So even now, every day, regardless of, you know, pretty much I'm in um, our London office today and both London and Reading team are here today. So the team actively look to come in, but we we haven't said that there's, you know, a set expectation for people coming back because we're really pleased to say that we've worked exceptionally well during this. Um, but from that perspective, what we did was we introduced regular sort of team meetings twice daily. So people were able to talk to the rest of their team. Um, and so that kind of exchange, although it was in within a meeting environment, actually still gave that to them. And I know that there are, you know, when I've spoken to people um, in interviews, they say, no, oh, you know, I don't speak to the team. And I think that's really sad. That was something that was really important from day one, the regular contact. That if we weren't in the office, we still had two meetings a day. So people could just say what was going on and what was happening. And we could see how, you know, they were, you know, dealing with their workload and that they were happy. So we've done that. Um, we were very fortunate. We have excellent technology platforms and had put a lot of things in place um, prior to this, which worked out really well. But immediately that enabled us to use a lot of the virtual delivery. So that meant that immediately we went into constant training. So I remember, as everyone will remember, that the original lockdown was really well timed at the end of the tax year. So it was great for payroll people. Um, so not only were we dealing with furlough, <laughs> the end of a tax year, so you're up now. So I remember having, you know, literally the following week, going, right, we're going to do virtual training that we would have normally done to talk about all the things coming in at that year, you know, the changes to all the limits, etc. And we carried on and we done that. And so for us, it was about immediately replacing what we were delivering. It did help that we had the act tool and things like that. So that continued. That was always an online assessment. So that enabled us to do that. And I think the professional bodies surrounding us were very good at being able to turn it very quickly to being virtual. So I think there's got to be a lot said for the people in the entirety of payroll at a time that was really quite crucial for payroll people actually turned around everything that they were doing into that. And so I think, yeah, we moved everything to be virtual. Um, by removing the sort of traveling to work gave people more time and a bit more effort. But actually what that did was enable us to, you know, utilize our resource because I've got teams in sort of four locations much more efficiently. So it actually taught us that we can work a lot better in certain instances. So when we took on a very large client, we were able to actually take key people from each location so they weren't impacted and put them into a team, which would never have occurred prior to that because we were always office sort of determined and I think that is so as I said before I always look to look at the benefits through difficult times and that's one of the great things but the agility to how we manage our resource now so you know if I find a great resource in the north and they're fantastic I don't have to be it has to be in London it has to be in a certain area so we can be so much more flexible which has really helped um, us during this period. 
yeah, and I think we we've probably all benefited from the the flexibility the pandemic's created, right? I think, yeah, uh, you know, I think a lot of people potentially have forgotten what it's like to commute five days into an office. You know, um, I remember those days. Um, if if you you know if you was to say to people now, you know, you're going to have to do five days, uh, people fall off the chairs. Um, but I totally. One thing I want to ask you, and I'm going to use a bit of uh, pandemic jargon at you, is virtual fatigue, right? When, you, when you're doing these you know, extended training or you're, you're working with your teams remotely, how much do you think virtual fatigue came into that and how much do you think that affected your team? Oh, without a doubt, because I think, you know, they didn't have the travel time. They didn't have the go time. But, you know, more importantly, just taking those five minutes out to talk to a colleague and things like that. So what you found was when they were focused, and I know even with myself, that you were focused and it was so easy for it to consume, particularly in the beginning, but there was nowhere to go. So it was very, very easy to become so consumed. And with payroll, there never seems to be an end. There's always something to do. So it we had to control that quite a bit because we did find that people it was too easy and too accessible for them to work and to continue to sort of do that so we did you know we're very strict on that we were able to see on and go on and say come on log off you know that kind of thing so we wanted them to have very much that sort of that equal you know or certainly in quality um of their work and their home life. And so, you know, for me, one of the things I always say is, you know, we took our business into their homes at that time. Mm. And so for me, it's very important that we bring their lives into us and we have to, you know, adjust to that and accept that and deal with those things and be a lot more flexible and thoughtful of those things. So for us, it was a complete change. But yeah, I do agree. It was difficult to control. I even know with myself, but I think, yeah, we've, we found a much better balance. And when I actually look at the working times now on people in the office that would have been, including myself, I find that actually, yeah, no, those times have cut down, but people are a lot more productive in the time that they are working. So I feel that we've got a much better mix now than we've had previously. Yeah, look, I totally agree. Even, you know, even, even here at uh, Oakley, for example, you know, I think the days you're at home, there is... People aren't switching their laptops off at six o'clock, right? People are, are, you know, going about and having, you know, having a dinner or doing something, coming back to work later, right? Because there's that flexibility. And actually, yeah. it, working remotely allows you to probably get more done than you did in an office. Yeah. And I think, you know, actually, you know, businesses are are allowing that and, and are seeing the hours that people are working where I so said that's created a little bit more work-life balance as well um yeah and I, I think you know as a collective and, and payroll included I think you know through the pandemic I think payroll has, has come out as a the shining light you know if, if there's any if there's any industry that's had it tough it's payroll furlough and everything else that goes with it right so you know from like a phoenix from the flames maria i think payroll is finally you know being spoken about uh and not yeah. just a a click button operation which is you know which it has been in the past and one one thing that i want to ask you before we we wrap up this uh podcast is if you can give three tips to anyone listening who is si- sitting or cycling or on the train listening to this podcast if you can give them three key pieces of invite, advice in, in regards to 
training and developing a team internally, what would those three tips you would give give people be? I think I think in a people business, which payroll is, whatever that is, whether you're in-house or not, your staff are your business. And mm. so I think it's important that they're given the recognition they deserve. Um, I think take time to ensure your staff are given the relevant training, not to only just gain the skills and confidence, but you know, the delivery of payroll will be will benefit. So everyone wins all round. And I think investment in your staff members training to enable you to achieve so many benefits for your business, whether it's short or long-term benefits, and just demonstrates to the staff their value. Um, I think are fundamental to getting the staff loyal and actually choosing to work there because at the moment, as we all know, people have a lot of choice. Yeah. And so, so from that perspective, you want people to choose you as being that employer to work for. And I think if you can do those things, I think you generally, and we've certainly found that you have a much happier team that are extremely loyal and work incredibly hard. And so it's a win-win on on from my side as well. So yeah, and it is fantastic to watch people develop. And that's one of my, I love winning a big deal. I love, you know, growth and all of those things but actually the ultimate for me is watching people develop and seeing them manage very successful teams and things like that and knowing that they started extremely you know nervous and not confident in their own abilities and watching them run you know teams of multiples of people and multiples of client is one of the best and still is one of the best feelings throughout my entire career so yeah I think take some time in doing that and you would certainly reap the benefits. Yeah, uh, I totally agree. And you mentioned something there very quickly on talent attraction. And I think by doing what you do in your USPs, that's what, you know, helps you attract talent. And anyone listening to this, uh, this podcast, one of the biggest things, you know, as much as developing and training your teams internally, talent attraction is so important now. And one advice I would give anyone out there who is you know looking to to join a new organization or people who are looking to bring on people is the most important thing that i've come across that people talk to me about is people's personalities right everyone's individualism is what makes a function successful yeah. what makes an organization successful but that is why people join an organization because people see what's there people get to know individuals through interviewing or just for a general chit chat and personality is so so important so if, it, if there's one small piece that i can add to maria's you know amazing job she's done today it's be yourself because that is the most important thing personality is second to none and on that note maria we come to the end of the first payroll podcast how have you found it oh i've loved it you know i could have spoke for hours anyone who knows me will know that is not unusual <laughs> but i i do I, i'm so passionate so anyone can give me a platform to talk about you know how to succeed in this industry and actually to have that passion as i think people 
back in the day and certainly now people didn't believe that payroll is dynamic and I think it's one of the most dynamic areas um, because it's so subject to change and has deadlines and all of that so I love it I love that pace and I love that drive and so yeah any opportunity to sing its praises I'm I'm there every time so thank you no not a problem I'm right I'm right behind you uh, on that you know this uh, this payroll ecosystem or community whatever you want to call it you know it's it's been such a challenging time for everyone and to give you know people like yourself and others a platform to talk about things that are important is important to me so thank you very much maria um from this and from before i still find you incredibly inspirational in the way you develop and grow a team um and to anyone listening thank you for tuning in and for now goodbye